0: And welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. This is a big one for me this week. I was able to interview the one and only Howard Jones ever since I started this podcast over two and a half years ago. I've been trying to get Hojo on. He's one of my all-time favorite artists and super excited to be able to connect with him. His latest release, Transform, is his return to electronic music. We talk about how he got back into that type of music and which famous, I guess, producer he collaborated with on Transform. We talk about his beginnings in the business and how he was not taken seriously in the music industry. He performed at Live Aid. We talk about that fantastic experience. And Hojo fans, don't get upset. We didn't talk about one particular song. You'll figure out which one it was during the show. We hit a couple deep dives and his involvement in becoming an independent artist in the mid 90s. Hojo could not be any sweeter. I love the guy. I've seen him in concert so many times. And if you haven't seen him in concert, go check him out. He's always performing. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with him. So Howard, um, your latest album, Uh, It's been 10 years since your last full-length album. Uh, Transform is absolutely fantastic. It's great. Uh, Everyone who hasn't heard it, go out and get it. Um, How did the collaboration with uh, BT come about?
1: Um, Well, I've been a huge fan of his work for many years. And I just thought, like, this guy is a real electronic pioneer. He's something special. Something special, you know. Just um, it, 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 sonically, uh, you know, he's really taken on the genre of electronic music to, to new levels, and people have had to raise their game, you know, to to keep up. And and so I, I, I heard he was doing like an, an orchestral, um, electronics and or, orchestral concert in in Miami, and we were on tour, and I said. I said to him, look, we've got to go down with you. So I took the whole band down with me to Miami and we went to the show. And I got to meet him afterwards. And, you know, became friends. I went to the studio. We started messing around on analog synths and stuff. And I said, look, we really should make an album together. And, uh, well, you know, do something together. And he said, yeah, I would die to do that. So. um and he played me a few things he was working on in the studio at the time, and I said, I could just kill that. I know exactly what I wanna do with that. Um, so it, it was a very natural thing. One of the first shows he ever saw was was, was one of mine in the Dream interaction era. And um, so he had a big connection with, with my music as well. So um, it was a, quite a natural coming together really. And, you know, we did those three tracks and we, you know, we hope to do more um, more stuff in the, in, in the future we're definitely planning to do that
0: so um, it, it's worked out really well yeah and, and it's been a while since you actually did some you know electronic you know synth music did um like working on like the Eddie yeah. the eagle like soundtrack you had Eagles will fly again which yeah. you put on transform did that kind of get you itching back into doing some synth music?
1: Because the brief for that was, um, you know, because the film took place in the eighties to write some new songs that had an eighties flavor. And and it got me thinking how I used to, you know, when I started out, how I made the first couple of albums. Um, You know, just the sort of principles behind it. Obviously, now the technology and everything's got so much better, Um, uh, but it just, I really enjoyed doing those two tracks for the film and thought, well, maybe I should carry on now and make a whole album of sort of full-on electronic music but songs, again, you know, and uh,
0: big tunes and, yeah, yeah, so um, that's what I did and that's that's transforming. Right, and you've always embraced the, you know, the technology of of its time. Now, going back to, like, when you first started, did that kind of, like, kind of, I wouldn't say hurt your career but kind of, like, give negative, like, Kind of looks towards you that you were just a product of the technology.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, all kinds of things. I mean, I think when you when you pioneer something new, you always are going to get you know some <laughs> some resistance. Right.
2: I
0: mean, and I
1: got a lot. You know, uh, they wanted to ban me from the uh, musicians' union. I'm not joking. Oh wow! Because they thought because they thought I was taking. Taking a work away from from um, you know right. other musicians um, using drum machines and keyboards and stuff. I mean, people just didn't understand um, the technology. And it, and it really just really showed me that rock and roll is such a conservative with a small C. Right. It's, you know, you know. I mean, how they, they for me rock and roll was about embracing, you know, freedom and embracing new things and being, you know, exploring alternative ideas, but the truth, <laughs> the truth was, roll was like, had his head so firmly stuck in the sand that it couldn't even, for years, for decades, couldn't embrace something new. I mean, I mean, and so, you know, that's what we were up against, really, which was, mm. <laughs> um, which, you know, in a way, it's a good thing because then you have to fight your corner, and you and you think, right? It makes you even more determined to uh, to be successful and to show people that there is other ways of doing things. You know, um, and and so yeah. So you know, I mean, I only view it as a good thing. But it, 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 it was tough at the time when you when you're young and you get all that. Shit thrown at you, you know. It's like it's it's <laughs> not what
0: you expected, <laughs> right? And yeah, and, and you certainly you know ha- handled it great. I mean, you, you put out like, you know, obviously such great music, but I just want to talk about like one point in your career where uh, the whole world saw you basically be a musician, and that's that's Live Aid, um, you know, playing hide and seek on uh, yeah. right, you know Freddie Mercury's piano. Yeah. Well, what was the like the reasoning behind being? Uh, electronic musician, but sitting there and basically the whole world watching you playing on a piano.
1: Hello.
2: It's a great pleasure to be here with you today, sharing this experience. Hello to everyone who's watching at home and listening at home as well. Just going to do a little song at the piano. And I'd really appreciate it if you'd help me out on the chorus bits. I hope... Are you gonna? Thank you. the best To elaborate home with its ups and its downs It's rain and its sun She decided that her work was done Time to have fun Learn a game to play Then in spite of the game She could live, live to God where she did to see.
1: I, I um I was on a, uh, there's a lot no, of factors. One, I was on tour in, in in America with the whole band. You know, it's big uh, big band backing singers and the crew and everything. And I I I all my all the gear was over in on the west coast of America. You couldn't you couldn't get everything back. Um, you know, uh, to the UK and then continue the to tour it wasn't going to be possible. So that was one thing. And I didn't want to do it in Philadelphia because I wanted to be in my home. Right. Country and, and do it in London. Uh, um, and you know, thinking about what was going to be the most appropriate song for the day, because I could have done. I mean, even at the channel I could have done one of the big hits, you know, um, that gone through. But I thought the most appropriate song for the day was Hide and Seek because it's a song about hope, you know, for the future. And um, so I, I, I just you know I think one of the great things about being young is that you don't think you kind of go with your instinct much right. more you don't you know you haven't had loads of experiences to, so you don't think things endlessly, and you just go go with your go with your gut feeling and I thought this is the best thing to do I know a lot of people are going to be shocked this, they don't think I can play the piano they don't think that I am a musician it's all like I press buttons and stuff right. and it was a sort of it was a sort of, you know, no, actually, you know, this is what I can do, and, um, and this is the right song for the day. So I think that, that's what happened.
0: Right. And then, in, in fact, you were playing the piano long before you were pressing buttons anyway. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I was, you know, I played the since I was seven, so I, mean, I went to music college and everything, and used to practice for four hours a day and all that stuff. So, yeah, so it was... Actually, more natural
0: for me to play the piano. Right. Yeah, but uh, before you know, you got your record deal. You were actually working in a a factory. Um, How um, how difficult was that? To you know, kind of hold you know, put the music off to the side to to work in a factory. Well, you know, it's 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 real. You know, I need I I needed to um,
1: make money to live, and I, I. took the first job for anybody else needed. I left music college and decided that I wanted to get on my own music. So I would do the job during the day and then you know I would be in the demo studios, you know, um, often till three or four in the morning and then go back into, into work the following day. And it was a bit, in, it was intense. But so I, I finally got to the point where I had to leave, like I, I was getting, Two or three shows a week, you know, local uh, pubs and and stuff, and and I tend to have like three or four jobs, you know. But you know, the intensity of all that really pushes you forward. You know, I mean, if I had, if that was the only thing I was doing was just making music. I don't think I would have had the 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 drive, you know, right. to to make it work and to, to to really do what I wanted to do, which is to be. Making records and being out touring and doing it, you know, hundred percent.
0: How um how old were you when you were, wrote your first song?
1: Um, well, I was um I guess I, I would have been probably about sixteen, right? Um, and I had a band at school, um, where where, where um you know it was mainly instrumental music we did i didn't sing at that time um, um and then that evolved into me and I'm, i found a public friend at school and i used to set his music to uh, his his words to to music and that needed to sing it. so we got the band and, and so yeah i mean from 15 i was writing um all the time really right
0: so, like, singing wasn't never really an aspiration, it was mainly just songwriting and playing the piano? No. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, I mean it got to... You know, when, when I came up with the idea of the one man like you know, when, much later, um, I, I realized you know, there wasn't anybody around who could do the singing, you know, so I realized it had to be me, but I just <laughs> started working, working on that. I mean... I did. I had some natural ability with singing because I sung, you know, when I was a kid and in choirs and and all that. But oh. I I realised, you know I, know, I was never very confident about the singing. Um, but it gradually developed, you know, and, and um, you know I, I did. I mean, I did hundreds of gigs, so I just had to do it, and I just became better at it. And, I, and to this day, I still feel like I'm working on, on that. And it's a life's work, you know, to get
0: to become a um, a good singer you know, and I just, yeah, keep working at it. Right. Um, but when you obviously, you know, hit it big with, with, with the first album, how easy was it to write those songs? And like, are particular like songs that make it big, easier than other songs to write?
1: Um, well, you know, I was I was um, I was about three or four nights a week doing shows, so I had to have material for you know for the live shows, and I, know, I didn't play any anyone else's music, uh, which I really now is probably quite unusual. Yeah. <laughs> I just knew that it had to be my music, so I was developing the songs just live, and if they were going down well with the audience, then I'd keep developing them more and. You know, when the gear came back home, I'd set it all up and then add these things and then take it out again and see how that affected the, you know, whether the audience were going crazy or not. You know, right. and it was a very organic process. So I, I was loaded up with the songs when I went into the studio for the first album. Right. Um, they were all ready to go. I, I kind of, and what I did in the studio was I set up the my one-man rig. You know, yeah. which I used to play out live, so that. Up in, in the studio in between
0: the big speakers and and then you well, know we went from there. That was the basis. The album. Yeah, and uh humans like live, Lib, which obviously it's, it's celebrating its 35th. You have a lot of anniversaries yeah. this year, and they're celebrating its <laughs> 35th anniversary, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, a couple, of, uh, yeah. um you have know, a deep cut on that album, which I absolutely love, and I never, I don't think I've ever heard it on the radio, I don't think it was a single. All oh, was "Don't Always Look at the Rain." Such a beautiful song.
1: Yeah, it's one of my favorites as well. I, I still, I still, I love playing that one acoustically. I do a really different
0: sort of version of it. I'm live, it, I love that song. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it's, you. It's quite
1: jazz, really. It's
0: quite, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've seen you play that a couple times. It's, yeah, it's fantastic. And then my all-time favorite song, which kind of infuses a little bit of prog and a little bit jazz, is what it's Love. You know, the, mu- the music is I yeah. think, prog, while the lyrics, it's, it's kind of like a jazzy feel.
1: That's right. That's right. There's a lot of just. I mean, it was interesting. I was in. I was in South America just last week. I did three shows, uh, in Argentina, in Peru, and I was realising how much Latin American influence as well there was in my music, like oh, yeah. things like Life in One Day, and and um, um, also um, Everlasting Love. You know, a new yes. section of that. Um, you know, and. I I am like a sponge, I suppose. When I hear something,
0: I just <laughs> you know get incorporated. Cool <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. Compared to what I'm doing
0: here, yeah. yeah, yeah. And like I would even say, like you know, things can only get better too. It's kind of like an R and B ish Latin American groove too. So it's yeah. definitely yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Have you finally answered the question? What is love?
1: you know, maybe love is letting people be just what they want to be, and respecting them them and their choices, Uh, and not to make people prisoners, you know, people have to be free to love, you know, to love you, or or for you to love them. Um, uh, So, and and even when, you you know, somebody wants to leave you, you have to let them go, and, and that's what real love is, you know, Is really deeply caring about the
0: other person's too and, and their unique path in life. And, yeah, you know, it's it's big, you know, it's a big subject. Right. Now, like, those songs, like, you know, written over 35 years ago, can you, I mean, you play them obviously when you go on tour. Can you still, like, resonate with those songs?
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, I can, yeah. No, yeah. I can. I, I think that's really important. I, I mean, I think that's really important because right. if I, if I could, if I didn't, I wouldn't be able to sing them. So no. I would feel like a hypocrite, you know, if I didn't right. really believe that anymore. Um, but fortunately, the philosophy that I started with, you know, I, obviously I've developed it as I've gone and on in my life. But the core cool, values are still there, you know, right. you know, right from new songs. You know, don't be fooled by what you see. Don't be fooled by what you see, you know. Make up your own mind about things. Don't don't be don't be scared to uh, in thinking what other people make want to make you think, and don't be afraid to be the person you really are. You know, and and, and be strong and don't crack up and see both sides. And yeah, you know, that well, that's like I. That was the first song I still absolutely love singing that because it means. Just
0: as much to me now as when it was written, right? Yeah, and there's you know obviously so much positivity in that song. You know, not only in that song, but pretty much most it's, of your music, and it's yeah. it's, it's fantastic. But um, yeah, I'd say about nine years ago, mm-hmm. I so I mean I saw you play on Long Island, and my my, my wife yeah. came with me. Usually she doesn't, but she came with me, and you started playing the song, and she turned to me and she's like, "You're gonna dance with your daughter." who at, at that time was eight months old at her wedding, and it was a song called Soon You Go, and it's, it's oh, still yeah. such a beautiful, fantastic song.
2: express it all, made a protest we would notice and the motive was clear.
0: I know that song has personal meaning to you as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, I, I you know, I wrote the song. It was at the point at which my daughter was leaving for a university, and I suddenly realized that you know somebody who's been living with you for eighteen years, <laughs> and your your beautiful, cherished, you know, daughter was gonna. Walking out the door, and you're hardly going to see her much again, you know. And it was, oh, such a shock. And I thought, at the same time, you know, you're conflicted because you're really happy that they are going out to start their own independent life Right. which you're really pleased for them about, and they've got to do that. And so there's two two things hitting me at the same time I'm sure there's a lot of people going through this, <laughs> you know because they're with their kids um, and I really need to write a film about it. I really do. And um, well, there's a lot lots of tears as I've they you know, wrote the song, but loads of them, loads of dads actually have written to me and said that they played it to their. Son or that daughter, you know. Uh, at
0: that point, I thought it was really, really nice that they did that. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. I'm I can't believe now it's she's my daughter's almost going to be ten. So it's like it's really you know before yes. you know it, it's it's going to be time to send her off, and it's 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 depressing. Yes, that's
1: right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it comes Coming along very very quickly. Yeah, it,
0: it, it sure yeah. does. Yeah. Now. You've had uh, such a great career. Is there like one like moment that it makes you the proudest? Um. Well, you know, I mean, I, I, I am very,
1: I'm, I'm obviously we talked about Live age. That what? was pretty big up there. Yeah. Um, in terms of, I, I remember us playing Madison Square Garden as well. That was that was a big moment because I don't I'd always. As an you know, English boy growing up and reading the New Musical Express and seeing all the idols, you know when they made it, they played Madison Square Garden, and so for me it was like an impossible dream that I I would ever do that, um, but I did, you know, and and that day, I mean, I think we really brought the house down actually, yeah. and it was it was such a good show. Yeah, that was the first and, time I saw and, um, you. <laughs> I really could, and, and, we, and we played um, "Day in the Life," you know, the Beatles, and um, and, and I remember shaking the whole garden with this <laughs> low end, yeah. low end um, stuff, and it was it, it was just it was amazing. So you know that was a highlight, um, and I think you know it's always really been to do with live performances for me because that's the real bit, you know, that's where it's real. It's like, are you making it with the audience or not, you know? There's no two ways about it, there's, it really is binary, whether it's going down well or not. And so, yeah, I think, you know, those, you know, those certain shows, but I think those
0: two would probably be my my, my favorites. Right, and then um, another anniversary, of course, um, 20th anniversary of Cross That Line, which also another fantastic album. uh, you had a little bit of a Tears for Fears influence on that album. Working with Chris Hughes was on that album, and Stanley. So you had a couple of you know, alumni from Tears for Fears on that. Yeah.
1: Um, well, I mean, I, I, I'd always, i always wanted to work with Chris because, um, because I loved the, you know, the Tears for Fears records, but also, you know, the Adam and the Alice records Right. You know, he was actually, you know, I mean, everything he's done has been so great and. Um, so it was, I'm obviously looking at Ian. Ian was just brilliant as well, like, you know, real synth guy. And I, I really got in love with Ian on the writing side of, of things, because I went on to um, help them out with the, the Propaganda album they were doing later on. So I did some writing for Propaganda. Um, and, but yeah, it was great, it was great. And, um, you know, Ross Cullum as well was involved. It was a trio of them, they were the right. most, They were they they were taskmasters. (laughs) They they weren't satisfied with anything. They pushed me and pushed me to come up with better performances and better ideas, and they made me sing for days (laughs) to get the the vocals really good. But it was a kind of different discipline working with them. Um, It was real. I mean, it was a luxury we had in the eighties where you know, you could spend the time in the studio as you wanted because you knew there was going to be lots of, you know, album sales. And right. so you had the luxury of time. Of course, we, nobody has that anymore, no. unless uh, you're like, you know, Beyonce or something. Yeah. Um, you know, nobody, nobody has that because, um, you know, records don't really, you know, make anybody any money. So, um, but in those days, could, and so we did, and, and, and I think Everlasting Love and The Prisoner, you know, are, are highlights for me of my recording career, I mean, they're just exquisite pieces of
0: work, so was amazing working with them. Right, so does that make sense, like, the whole business changed, even, like, say, another anniversary, of course, 25 years ago, you did uh, your first um, album independently, uh, working in the, in the back room. Where it was on your own label, yeah. and it pretty—I guess it was the birth of the internet—but there was no streaming or anything like that, and it, it did really well for for its time.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it was a big—I mean, I just I just wanted to respond to the fact that Warner Brothers didn't want to continue the contract. And right, you know, it's like it's like, what are you? I mean, I couldn't believe it. You know, this is somebody I I. I, I my best work was still to come you know <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's just like short short-term thinking um which is terrible really anyway, um but but in one you way know, i was devastated in one way but on the other hand it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I, I i had to become an independent artist and. It, in a way, pioneer a lot of things. You know, right. that make, you know, make your own records, do your own videos, book your own tours, get out there and and, and use the internet to communicate with the fans, and really, uh, you know, make sure that you have, you know you look after the fans, and and um, there's no record company telling you what to do or what direction to go in. And it it, it was the it was the making of me really, and it really suited me because. Um, I was less, I was kind of a bit under the radar, and I, I, I wasn't in the spotlight anymore. And I, I could just get on with my work, you know, and um, I couldn't have sustained uh, the level of attention that I had got in the 80s. It would, it would drive anybody mad, really. I mean, uh, I, 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 I'm so glad that I was just somewhere in the middle now, you know, and um, happy to get on with my work.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously, like you the pressure totally alleviated from you. You can just, you know do what you want, but um, yeah, the, the music yeah. did not suffer one bit because every album you released since then w- w- was fantastic as well. Yeah. But um, w- yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't,
1: ex- you know, I didn't, ex- I didn't expect to get on the radio or anything, you know, from right. then on. But right. I realized that it was, you know, it was just, it was, you know, people would have to find my music in, hmm. in different ways.
0: Um, but that was exciting in itself you know. yeah you know speaking of like getting music on the radio which now is is pretty much impossible what is like your expectations for <laughs> tra- you know for for transform you know it's a fantastic album but like, like what is your expectation for it well you know I don't
1: have any expectations so I, 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 if you don't I mean it's part of a it, it's part of a uh, of a of, of my work, you know, my output. Um, it just, you know, it, it exists out there for people to find it. Um, you know, it's on, I, I, you know, on, on all the streaming services. You, are, you know, you won't you hear it on Top 40 radio, of course. And um, it's, just, it's just part of, it's just what you have to do, isn't it? You know, if you're an right. artist. You've got to make new work. I mean, otherwise you're just like an, a music museum or something, mm-hmm. like, just playing things from the past. Um, I don't ever want to be like that. I always want to be moving forward, you know, and presenting people with new things and, in new ways. And um, that's my job. And I, I should take it seriously, and I do.
0: That's, yeah, that's the right answer because I've asked that to a lot of people and they always say, I'm an artist, I keep making music. If people hear it, they hear it. If not, I just want to keep making music. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So uh, one yeah. more question. Um, do you remember where you were the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio? Um, yes, I do.
1: Yeah, I do. I remember I was in High Wycombe. My wife and I had a tiny uh, end of Terrace House. And I remember um, they told me that they were going to review the single on on on, on, one of their. I can't remember what it was called now, but it was like they reviewed singles every week. And they used to have uh, people quite famous who would, you know, who would review. And one of them was Gary Newman. Okay. And, and Gary Newman gave the song <laughs> a good review. <laughs> so, and I, so I was upstairs in our bedroom listening to the radio and I was, I was sort of hiding under the, uh, the bedclothes, honestly. Because <laughs> it was so weird to me, having been a huge radio listener all my life. I could suddenly hear myself on the radio. It was sort of a mixture of fear and embarrassment. It was weird <laughs> feeling. But right. also, like, I've been waiting my whole life for this, you know, because is finally happening. Like, yeah. So it was such a mixed, mixed, mixed emotions. I can remember it very clearly, you know, um, where I was and um, exactly, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, that's... Um that's great. Actually, okay, I'll I'll sneak one more question. Um, there's also an artist who named Howard Jones, who's you know different type of music, uh, Killswitch Engage, name of oh, the yeah, band. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. And you had that multimedia project a few years ago called Engage. Was that kind of like a little subtle nod to his band's name, or no, <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 no. no absolutely no I didn't
0: even know about him right then when that was born. Oh okay. So that, that's no, funny. There's, no do you, there's no Do you get a lot of like uh you know like fans thinking it's him and it's really you I, I can imagine kind of like Spotify playlists are a little screwed up then, right? <laughs> there's a few things on on uh, on Twitter
1: where, where where people um you know, they put Howard Jones in and they
0: it's, it's, it's very rare, though. Um, right. I don't think there's much confusion. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, I I wouldn't imagine, but, yeah, I, would just, I just thought it was funny. But, uh, Howard, thank you. I, I, this this was a real treat for me, and thank you for your time. Best of luck with Transform, and I hope to see you on concert again when you come over back to the States.
1: Okay, well, thank you so much. So yeah, I yeah, really, really enjoyed speaking with you. Thank you so much. <laughs>
0: And a special thanks to Howard for joining me today. Go check out Transform and his Fantastics on the streaming sites. If you want to follow him on Twitter, he's at HowardJones, HowardJones.com. Search him on Facebook. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at ThePhersonAll19. Be sure to like the page of Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. I would really appreciate it. If you don't have iTunes, not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud, it's also on Podbean. And go to livingmyyouth.threadless.com for all your merchandise. The holidays are coming. They make great presents. A new episode comes out every Wednesday. And we'll see you next week.